the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back to our itsy bitsy, teensy weensy Saturday evening show where we are unafraid to tell the truth, to march head first into the fray. And we do it virtually every single day. And, you know, it keeps us sharp. So good to have you here. The phone number 303-696-1971, 696-1971. I'm Randy Corcoran. And uh, we've got some things to do tonight. Apparently, a press conference was released about some group that is going to meet over at the Colorado GOP headquarters. And um, I guess cry out for new leadership. There's a, I've got the press release in my hand. We may, may dig into that. A little bit as the show goes on, because um, I've just got some questions about timing. Does Christy Burton Brown need to be replaced? If so, why? Uh, first thing, though, is she hasn't even announced whether she's going to run again. And so it might make sense to wait. There's really only one way to change leadership in in the party structure, and that is Get yourself elected as a bonus member. Get other like-minded people elected as a bonus member. Be a voting member of the party. That's who votes for leadership. And I believe that vote will take place in March of next year. So interesting to see in here. If anybody knows anything about this group, it's called the Save Colorado Project. That I'd be very interested to know. And I'd also like to know what these specific complaints are for leadership. And um, if you have any terrific proposals for who the replacement ought to be. That same conversation is going on nationally. It's uh, uh, a time for Ronna McDaniel to be uh, either reelected or replaced. And she had said she would only run for two terms, but now... There, I guess, are a number of RNC committee people, of whom I am one, one of the 168 who will decide on the next batch of leadership for the national GOP. And apparently there's a number of those folks who have encouraged her to go ahead and run for a third term to maintain continuity and and uh, advance the ball without a, you know, a turnover in leadership. And... Uh, some people have thoughts. In fact, I put a Twitter poll up, and it's been only been up for a couple of hours or so. Let me just check in with it real quick. I better refresh to make sure those are current numbers. And people are playing along, and there were three choices. Ronna McDaniel, there are two announced candidates, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, and Lee Zeldin, the congressman who darn near won the governor's race in New York State, and I believe his campaigning, his the quality of his action, the uh, consistency of his message, the willingness to march forward and speak aggressively and consistently allowed us to flip four Democrat seats in Long Island, New York, of all places, and help contribute to the tiny but sufficient 
majority of Republicans now in the House of Representatives that were able to permanently retire the disgusting, the evil, the angry, the dangerous Nancy Pelosi once and for all. And so in my small little poll, the Ronna McDaniel isn't beating anybody. When Ronna McDaniel is put up against Mike Lindell, it's 71 to 29 percent. When Ronna McDaniel is put up against Congressman Lee Zeldin, it's 89 to 11 percent. And when Ronna McDaniel is put up against, oh, why isn't that thread there, I wonder? When you put up Lee Zeldin against Mike Lindell, we'll have to figure out where that went. Let's see, maybe if I just go to the top of the page. I pinned it. It's got to be there. Show this poll. Okay, there's one, there's two, and there's three. All right. Uh, Mike Lindell, 16%. Lee Zeldin, 84%. So, neck and neck, not at all. When stacked against Mike Lindell, Ronna McDaniel is losing in this poll, and this is a very small sampling, and not the people who vote don't know that anybody who's voting is actually participating in this poll, but I was just interested. The poll I, I just wrote, your Republican National Committee man from Colorado wants to know what people think. Please share and say why. And there's plenty of people who are willing to vote, but very few who are willing to comment. I got a couple of questions, but no actual reasons. But Ronna loses to Mike Lindell in, this, in a popular poll, small sampling. And Ronna McDaniel loses to Lee Zeldin. And then if you set aside Lee and Mike to go head-to-head, -head, uh, Lee Zeldin beats him by about 6-1. to one. So there you go. As far as other things that I want to do with you tonight, you heard in our top-of-the-hour news that Irene Cara died. She was the, man, what a dancer. And uh, just, I remember, I forget the name of the disco shows and, and the... The ones that would come on weekly and that as a kid you'd watch. Now, you know, by the time fame became, well, famous, I was, I guess, 20 years old. But I was still watching some of those shows. And she was just sexy and smooth and charismatic and, and uh, a great singer. And she died today at 63 years of age. So I want to play some Irene Cara music throughout the show. You get a little dispensation from the lawyers when it comes to playing, you know, more than 29 seconds of a song as a bumper when there's a special occasion, for instance, the death of a person. And um, and I also, though, <laughs> and isn't this happening to you, too? When you hear of people dying at these younger ages, Irene Cara, a healthy musician, the family, no no cause of death being reported, no lingering illness that uh, had ever been out in the public or that you can find right now. The first question, and I'm sorry for it, but the first question that pops to my mind now, these young athletes, these high school athletes, college students, bikers, runners, actors, actresses, 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s, were they vaxxed? When Hugh McCain died, the minority leader for the state Republican Party, and I, you know, I think he was 58, maybe 54, I forget now, but in his 50s. And he was he was a, a big guy, but just thick, you know, but full of energy, full of health, full of enthusiasm, and boom, a heart issue, according to the reports. But was he vaxxed? 
We've got to get to the bottom of this. I filled in. We've got calls. We'll get to some before this end of this first break, I promise. But I I filled in for Stefan Tubbs last week before Thanksgiving, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on on Wednesday, we did. uh, I played some Thanksgiving um, messages from President Ronald Reagan to the nation during the course of his presidency. I played Donald Trump's message to the nation on Thanksgiving as a president elect. And one thing I forgot and I didn't even think about, and we're going to play it for you in its entirety in bite-sized pieces over the next two hours, the Rush Limbaugh truth about Thanksgiving, and juxtapose that with the MSLSD's featured performer, Joy Reid's destruction of Thanksgiving. Just kind of get an idea of who's looking out for America, who loves America, and who doesn't. But um, while I was filling in for Stefan... I got a text, a very sad text message from a listener, and he said, it's going to be a hard Thanksgiving. We were doing a lot of what are you grateful for? And it was a great, great couple of days, three days, especially that last show. Had an, I really enjoyed it. But the text came in, and I just lost my mom. And I think the age was 54, might have been 59, but it was in the 50s. And unexpected, I asked, you know, and I just lost my mom a year and a half ago, and God knows she was almost 90 and in declining health, but at the, in your fifties, it's just too soon. And I asked, were there health issues? No. And then I just, I went ahead and did it. Was she vaxxed? And he wrote back and said, yes. And the statistics and the reports are coming out more and more and more. So for me, anyway, it's becoming a natural question when someone dies unusually young and they don't put a cause of death, wasn't accidental, Uh, And they don't put a cause of death in there. Uh, Very, very sad that we can't get better information so people can get, make better decisions. I keep hearing all over radio, the Mike, Mayor Mike Kaufman from Aurora promotion, encouraging everybody to get their flu vaccine, get their other vaccines, including COVID-19. And then I, you listen to the disclaimer at the end, and it's funded by money, I think $5 million into some mayor's project, money funneled, funneled through CDC and elsewhere. I may, next week, issue a CORA request to just find out how those just dominating promos are getting paid for. I think it would be very, very interesting. But my final reminder to you in that regard is please don't. Just jump into the vax because you're being propagandized. Please do your own work. Look at what other countries are doing, banning vaccinations on people under 30 and different things and for kids. And just look around, move slowly. Once that poison, that hmm, medicine, poison, once that treatment is in your veins, man, I don't think you can get it out. All right, we've got callers. Let's go to Tim. Let's start with Tim in Aurora. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to address your question about whether or not Christy Burton Brown and thereby, I guess, also Priscilla Ron should be replaced. Okay. I would say no. And uh, the reason I say this, Randy, unless someone can can run and really demonstrate that they have a, a, a plan that will work for Republicans in Colorado, of, of which I'm not one, I'm unaffiliated. But I would like to hear Republican strategists address the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that is decades of leftists uh, migrating to Colorado and changing the demographics so dramatically. 
How do you counter that? Yeah, I've heard uh, the number is going around 800,000 since about 2012, which I think is about the same time as the as the blueprint was implemented in Colorado. Not just those demographics, but the blueprint itself, the, the ability for dark money groups to pump tons and tons of money into elections, but individual candidates and individual donors are limited. Uh, a governor who made it possible for him to loan to himself, any other candidate with tens of millions of dollars can do the same uh, to donate 20 or $30 million into his campaign for governor. And then we've got the same old problem, the ballot harvesting, the all mail-in balloting, the three and a half weeks of actual voting, unmonitored ballot boxes. The, all of those things need to be addressed. And I don't know that you can dump any of that on the leadership of the Colorado State GOP. No, I don't think so. I, I think that's a an easy reach for people to to grasp at to to try to blame somebody well like you say the uh, the blueprint the ballot harvesting that's that's devastating for conservatives in Colorado but the migration of lefties coming here from California in particular has been going on since the 90s and they want to escape the conditions they help create elsewhere they come here and then have their same voting patterns and that's true of uh, people coming from the Midwest and, and East Coast also. Yeah, uh, California, New York, and Illinois, I think, are the top three, and the numbers are massive. And so uh, it's a great point, Tim, and I want to hear from people. And, I, I'm, you know, I don't object to candidates throwing their hat in the ring and, and running up against existing leadership. What I get frustrated with is just hearing, you know, they got to go. This person's got to go. They did bad. Look at the results of the election. We got to go a little deeper than just the person who's at the front. Certainly assess, you know, the work that they put in, the time that they spent, and all of those things. But uh, also don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Well, that's right. And also a couple other factors that, that people mention and are, are aware of but don't think about on a constant basis. Uh, the public schools being indoctrination centers uh, and also the MSM. Most people still get their their news from the so-called mainstream media. Tim, great points, every single one. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for being our first caller tonight. God bless. Thanks, Randy. Same. You bet. All right, Tim and Aurora, thank you very much. Before we go to break, let's just uh, start our little tribute to Irene Cara because... Uh, this music gets me rattled up every single time. you love the show that movie spawned a show i don't remember how many years it lasted but it was several and it was always just a lot of fun you know social issues and uh, but dancing and music and just terrific i i even fell in love 
I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I, do you remember the TV show? More recent, Nashville, with uh, what's her name? Connie. Connie Britton, maybe Connie. She played the wife in um, in Friday Night Lights, that wonderful TV show that I've watched from start to finish all seasons at least three times now. But uh, that was Irene Cara, passed away today at 63. Phones are lighting up. Why don't we get to our break here real quick? And um, when we come back, I want to certainly start sharing with you Rush Limbaugh's The Truth About Thanksgiving. But I think maybe we'll start it by playing Joy Reid's obnoxious Thanksgiving Day report. Uh, I think it happened on Thursday. It was really, really bad. At 522, Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. You stay right there. I've talked before about the memories that jams right into the top of my brain pan. Mike Boyle and I were talking about that on the crossover. He's so kind of Mike to always invite me on at the end of his show, and we were talking a little bit about music. He was reminiscing about, you know, riding in the car with maybe your current girl, and you hear a song, and it just reminds you of the first dance or the first kiss or that first special night, whatever. And, uh, yeah, that song does some of that for me. We'll get back to some of our tribute music to Irene Cara very, very soon. Text messages are coming in. If you don't have the 710 KNUS app, please download it. Just go to the App Store. Uh, rest assured, if App Store and Google Store take the uh, Twitter app out because they're so terrified of Elon Musk actually opening up Twitter to um, to people to express their views again. The amnesty has been granted, I guess, on Monday. All accounts that have been um, tempered, shut down, are going to be reinstated unless, you know, you convicted a crime, convicted of a crime or you were taken down for violence of some kind. So that is pretty cool. But rest assured, if uh, if they take Twitter out, Elon Musk will just create his own app store, and he'll he'll also create his own phone. He's made that quite clear. So take that, stick it in your pipe, and smoke it, Apple. And I love my Apple phone, but I would buy an Elon Musk phone in two seconds just on principle if uh, if those idiots tried to make that move. Before we get back to our phone calls, lines are jammed, 303-696-1971. Very, very quickly, I always have to remind you of these. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Obama 2008, lawsuits have been filed in Arizona with limited showtime, not much point in digging down. Let's just keep our eyes open and see where they go. And then there's this one. Oh, where is he? I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. So the first one is more recent, August 22. The last one is uh, back in, in October of 2020, I believe. I don't remember the dates. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Yeah, I think that's right. That second one, October 2020, just... Just a liar. You heard, I'm sure, that Fauci in his deposition just simply couldn't remember the answers to a lot of questions about the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus and his work in the lab and what he said and what he did. But, you know, after all, he's, what, 80, 81, 82. He, he's got to be forgiven when he can lie at the podium, when he can lie to Congress, but under oath in a deposition, hmm, 
I just don't remember. Lots and lots of things we're going to have fun digging into. But we got people on the line. Let's go to Brian in Arvada. Brian, welcome back to the show. Hey, how you doing, Randy? Doing great, man. I, I just want to tell you, your call on Thanksgiving night when I was do- – or- Thanksgiving Eve when I was doing the Stefan Tub show was phenomenal. I got text messages and for people who weren't listening, you were commenting about the fact that, you know, it's not the size of your house. It's not the age of your car. It's not all the glitter and gold. It's bringing family and loved ones together and uh, and sharing the joy of of that that matters. And it was a it was a powerful statement you made. I wanted to thank you for it. Well, you know what? I actually I want to ask you a question after this, but uh, I actually have a follow up to that. Uh, when my kids first started moving out, they would always, uh, you know, decorate every uh, holidays for us is a pretty big deal for some odd reason, but it is. So they would always argue, well, it's got to be my house this year. So I said, all right, listen, this is the way it is. No matter what happens in life, we rotate. So I'm I'm over here in a one bedroom apartment. One of my daughters is in a three bedroom apartment. My other one has a big house, and my son has a house. Well, this year it happened to turn out it was the one in the three bedroom apartment's turn. Now you got to realize we have 17 people, and they were like, "Well, Dad, we just gotta we just gotta switch it up." Uh, this is, and they overthunk things. I said, "No, a deal's a deal, and we live by the deal." And evidently, they started texting all their friends about how crazy it would be. <laughs> so it was the funnest Thanksgiving of my life. The laughter that was there. Yeah. The, I mean, it was just the most beautiful. And you know what's funny? Some things money just can't buy, guys. And that's why, you know, you got to fight against this tyranny when they say, hey, you got to mask no, up. And no, Brian, and Brian. Obey. You do civil disobedience. And Brian. In this day and age, with everything so fast, with the TikTok and the advertising and the instant gratification, those messages to our kids and their kids in this time in world history are so very important. So, sounds great. You had a question. I've got other calls. Go ahead. Well, I was wondering what your favorite dish was this year at the old Thanksgiving platter. Well, it's actually the post-Thanksgiving platter because... My wife makes this stunning pumpkin whipped cream, cream cheese pie that um, is just a, a, a family tradition. She's always got to make extras so they can go home with the kids. And, uh, and it was just delicious. But my son did the turkey, and it's always, it always tastes better when somebody else cooks it, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. And the, We're too lazy at our age. Yeah. Like, no, you guys go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, car- I still carved, and I was tired. I was deadbeat, but I still carved it. That is our family tradition. I'll probably do that as long as I'm standing. But um, it, it was mostly oh, just boy. watching the grandkids running around, and they're getting big enough to wrestle and jump on each other and, and just create havoc. And especially as a grandparent, it's just a joy to watch. Yeah. Well, you know what? I hope, Randy, I hope they're starting to say hashtag mask again. I hope people <laughs> learn from their mistake. God. I mean, I made my mistake. I actually got on a plane I shouldn't have. The rest of the time, I never wore a mask. I went in every store. I didn't care. And I, I hated going to the store, but I knew I had to do it. So uh, I hope people learn something and they don't start wearing masks again just out of convenience so they don't want to be bothered. No, because there's more of us than them. If we just say, no, we're not going to wear a mask, period, and we'll stand up to what we have to stand up to to keep the times that, you know, we have, like like Thanksgiving and and 
Christmas coming up. So the masks, that's where I'm at. The masks that the majority of people wear don't do a damn thing. And uh, I'm with you, man. Well, you... and most people, most people, Randy, know because I asked one time. I, they say, well, I just, I don't want to. I'm just going to put it on because I don't want to be bothered. I want to go get a thing of eggs. No, that's not the way we can think. We got to say, no, these idiots aren't going to tell us something that we know doesn't work. We're not going to play their game. And we're going to learn from our lesson. It was disgusting. Everybody, there was more people that wore it just out of convenience because they didn't want to get in an argument or something. No, if people can die for you, you cannot wear a mask. I mean, we're not asking much of you at this point. So that's where I'm at. There's no question that people did that quite often just to avoid, you know, being the other, being looked at, being challenged. I insisted on being challenged with the exception of crossing with the exception of crossing the threshold onto a plane. um, I, I would I refused to wear them until I was absolutely forced to. And that typically only well, happened. Case, and that typically drove. That typically only happened that's at a hospital. I regret that typically only happened at a hospital. Where, you know, I'd have to if I wanted to go in and see somebody at stores, I'd just say, okay, thanks. I'll go next door. It's that simple. And yeah, yeah, I didn't have the time to drive. So I I did it on the airlines. And uh, but I but I'm I'm with you, man. Uh, This pub, this protest is so very important. And I appreciate you you did it for your job. Where I was wrong is I said, well, my family lives up that. But the time my daughter's back now, but she used to live in Washington. I said, oh, man, I don't really want to drive. I guess I'll play their game. But then I had it below my nose, and it was a big old argument the whole way there. But I didn't get out of control or nothing. I just sure. let her know that I knew that this was wrong. Yeah, good. But uh, the rest it. of the time, I never wore a mask. But I hope people learned, and we'll see what happens, Randy. I don't know. They're starting to do it again with the old mask thing. We'll see if a bunch of idiots just say, well, I guess I'll cower down. I know it's not right, but, you know, I don't want to be bothered. No, if men can die for you. You can actually be free and be bothered a little bit. That's just the way it is. But anyhow. Stand strong, Brian. God loves you. Speech for the night. All right. Take good care. Thanks for calling. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Want to remind you about my good friends at Cenogenics. The holidays are here. And you know it. The best way to change your waist size and get back in shape is to call them. Dr. Watt, Dr. McCallan. I don't know what I would have done without them. Uh, was sick for a couple of weeks here recently, and Dr. Watt was so quick to respond, tell me what I needed to do. And, you know, you're making your choices right now. You're getting your gifts. You're talking about your New Year's resolutions. You and I both know how that works out. Don't wait. That first call is absolutely free. You'll learn a tremendous amount. The team at Cenogenics approaches healthcare, disease prevention, and aging from a research-based methodology. They are following the science. Whether you want to lose weight, increase your libido, boost your immune system, you know, gear up for this flu season, sleep better, Cenogenics can help. And their programs programs are designed specifically for you to help you become stronger, get in control of your life again, lose that weight if you want, focus, whatever you're needing, they can help you find the way with no fads, no gimmicks. Don't suffer from low energy, lack of focus, unintentional weight gain, poor sleep, low libido, one more day. Call Cenogenics just as soon as you can, 720-387-3681. That's 720-387-3681. The website is denver.cenogenics.com, denver.cenogenics.com. And I will tell you, 
One, you've you've probably, if you're a regular listener, you've heard Julie on the show. You've heard Dr. Watt on the show. It is fascinating. It is interesting. And it is well worth your call. All right, let's jump back to the phones with Dean in Denver. Dean, welcome. Dean, are you there? All right, we'll get Dean back on hold. We'll see if he turns up. I wanted to play another little dab of fame for you. No, I want to skip fame. We'll come back in the second hour. Flash dance. Irene Cara tribute today on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. back. I want to squeeze him in before the next break. Also, want to let you know that Joel Gilbert, filmmaker Joel Gilbert, will be joining us in the six o'clock hour. And uh, he, he's just a remarkable individual. Spent some time with him when he's been in Denver, um, gosh, California, elsewhere. And uh, he has done movies that are, um, I don't know, they're kind of predictive. They kind of give you a look into, well, for instance, I learned from one of his movies uh, and I believe it to the core of my soul that Barack Hussein Obama is the product of the union between Frank Marshall Davis and his mama. He doesn't look like Barack Hussein or Barack Obama the first. Um, all of the timing and the house and the pictures, the nude, the nude pictures of his mother <laughs> inside Frank Marshall Davis's house, which are probably still online. Um, they really sort of tie that together for me. But before we run out of time, let's get back to Dean in Denver, see if he's there. Dean, welcome. Thank you, Randy. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Okay, awesome. Hey, I've always wanted to ask you this question. Um, when the left literally owns just about every single societal and cultural institution, exactly how does conservatism survive? Well, first, look around, you know, look at what happened in the midterm elections. In spite of crazy, and I'm guessing will be proven illegal behavior in Arizona and, and other places, Clark County and Nevada, uh, we didn't do what we wanted with the Senate, but it was a very bad year for the U.S. Senate in the Republican House, though. We did retire Nancy Pelosi, and we're going to be looking into some of the crimes and nonsense that's going on on the border, the Hunter Biden laptop, so many of those things. More and more people are going to get an understanding about all of the stuff that has occurred that needs to be exposed and needs to be considered the next time they vote. But the most exciting thing, Dean, look at what's happening at school boards. 
Uh, look what happened in Virginia. Look at the school boards or the district attorneys or others who have been replaced. It's a slow, slow process. But parents are awake now. We're not going to let this nonsense continue to pollute our children's brains. We've been asleep at the wheel for so long that I think we almost came to that precipice from which we can't pull back. But I don't think we're there yet. What about you? Well, my answer is that conservatism simply does not survive. Um, it starts everywhere from you can go from the church to the healthcare industry. You name me a cultural institution or a societal institution that is not owned and run by the left. Well, and it's just a matter of Co time. Colorado it's, it's, Christian it's University, um, Hillsdale College, the Heritage Foundation, the the Freedom Caucus in Congress, the uh, Donald I'm Trump. I'm talking about the main Go elements of society. Well, Hollywood is failing. I, Hollywood, the 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 bit, the recent, the most woke Disney movie ever released, flopped on its weekend. I mean, you know, we're day to day. We want we want things fixed right now. But on on the if you take the satellite view and you look at the pendulum, I, I just think like I believe it's ready to swing right on back. If, if I have a moment, could I run this by you as quick as I can? Sure. Where I would where I, where I would start is and you might not agree uh, right off the bat, but and I don't like you know the term fairness doctrine, okay? But I would start with something like on across our information spectrum, uh, you're going to now have a representative from the right, and you're going to have a representative from the left, and maybe even throw someone on the middle, and we're all going to talk about this together. And what happens is the listener or the viewer can make up their minds on their own. But who decides? Who decides what is the right viewpoint from the right or the left? Why, why now that Elon Musk has freed up the ability to actually debate and communicate for both sides on Twitter, is the left running to an alternative platform and trying to take him out? It's because they know in the open market of ideas they can't win. I base that on go back. This is the early 90s. One of my favorite political talk shows of all time was Pat Buchanan, and I can't remember his his uh, partner on the left, but they had a show every day for for several years, um, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, I used to watch some of those different shows on PBS and John McLaughlin Group, and they had uh, some they had liberal thinkers and conservative thinkers in there, and they'd talk their way through. And I, I think that's fascinating. But but you can't force it on an audience. You can't force it on a business, not in America. Well, but I, I do believe if we truly had a fair and balanced and honest media and general source of information, this country would be an entirely different place.
Well, I agree. And we've allowed it to be so biased to the left that we're we're right here on that precipice that I mentioned a moment ago. But we're pulling it back because we're now, thanks to Elon Musk, thanks to talk radio, thanks to 24-hour media, we have the ability to push back and tell the other side. So I'm very optimistic, Dean. But I've got, we're way late on the break. Really appreciate you calling back in when we lost you. And I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. God bless you, sir. Got to jump to the break very, very quickly. Joel Gilbert at the top of the hour 545 with randy corcoran here 710 knus we're back about 10 minutes to go until six o'clock randy corcoran here man i so came so close to following my heart today and getting on the harley it was so nice during the day 60 degrees in my house And then I thought, you know, it's going to be late before you get home. I'm not going straight home after the show. It'll probably be brutal cold and no fun. And you've been sick, so knock it off. As I'm driving out of my neighborhood, people are playing tennis. And I mean, it was just so nice. But now it was nasty cold when I walked in. A cold wind blowing. And I'm grateful that I did not have the Harley. I do wish, before we go back to the phones, that I had had more time with Dean because I got to him too late. We were too late on the break because what he was implying, what he was suggesting was government mandated equality. You know, we need the shows to have one conservative, one liberal and somebody who's in the middle and then let people listen to that. And I I assume that's what he was suggesting because how else do you enforce it? The market does not support left-wing talk radio. It, it just fails every single time. And now we're seeing that the only reason Twitter was such a success for the left is because they suppressed the opinions on the other side. When Elon Musk comes along and opens that up, they go fleeing the platform. And Twitter is doing better than ever. And, you know, well, we're going to deplatform you on our app store. Well, Elon Musk will just build an app. He'll just build a phone that has Twitter already on it. And people will buy it in droves. Probably be the best phone in the world once he gets it done. I mean, they just, the one man in the world that they cannot manipulate, at least not yet. Man, oh, man, it's a lot of fun. And then uh, I was talking about Joel Gilbert, who will join us at the top of the hour. I didn't even tell you why. His latest movie, his latest book and movie, are Michelle Obama 2024. And he's been predicting for a while. He was here, gosh, two years ago. And we were talking about uh, this movie and his view of Michelle Obama as the extremely, in his mind, likely presidential candidate 2024 for the Democrats. And according to Joel, things are falling directly into place. So he'll tell us about that. We are definitely going to play the rush truth about Thanksgiving in the second hour. And uh, before we run out of time in this hour, I want to play for you the Joy Reid ugly version of Thanksgiving, the 1691 Project version of Thanksgiving. But let's talk to Pastor Marty before we go anywhere else. Pastor, welcome to the show. God bless you, and thank you. God bless you. Uh, First, I want to tell you, I'm 82 years old. Uh, I had to retire from being a pastor several years ago to take care of my wife. uh, uh, Before she passed away, we were married 58 years. Wow, that's a wonderful story, man. I'm uh, sorry for her loss. But I've had... I'm not going to go into deep, but I've had a heart attack, open-heart surgery, and I had a stroke. And I can hardly get around. Right now, I'm living by myself, okay? 
So I was not looking forward to Thanksgiving. And I was going to have a cold or a frozen turkey dinner for Thanksgiving. I was not really looking forward to it. But a great Christian friend of mine, he happens to be an NCAA football or basketball referee. He called me up and said, uh, Marty, can I take you to lunch? Can I take you to supper on Thanksgiving? How can I say no? Mm. He had a game in North Dakota on Wednesday night. He called me up and he said, I'm going to still come down. On Thursday, he drove down, Thanksgiving Day, he drove down all the way from North Dakota down to Denver to pick me up, take me out to Cracker Barrel to eat. Marty, what's what's, to, what's his first name, like, just so we can be thanking him in our prayers? Nate is his name. All right, go ahead. Uh, his wife, Andy, she went down to Arkansas, her home in Arkansas, to be with her family. But uh, he's, he said uh, he wanted to take me out to eat. Well, when we got up to Cracker Barrel, they had been telling on the on the list that there'd be three minute wait. It turned out it was going to be a three hour wait. Yeah. Well, I was afraid that my sugar was going to drop. The bottom was going to drop out of it. So we left Cracker Barrel, but he put his name down. We left Cracker Barrel and drove around and couldn't find any place open. So he said, "Well, let's go back." You know. So we went back up there. Now, we had a nice meal. We talked. And over a longer time than normal, okay? I'll give you that. Well, while Nate was paying for the meal, I rolled over. I'm in a wheelchair. I rolled over in the corner. I met a lady there with a beautiful little daughter. I told her her daughter was beautiful, and she was talking. And, Marty, we got about a minute, so you're going to have to cut okay. to it, I'm afraid. All right, I'm going to cut to it as quick as I can. She told me in the she was crying. She held my hand and told me in the last year she they'd moved here to Denver, but her parents, had, grandparents, had died in the last year. She is a dedicated Christian. We got to praying and talking, but the thing of it is, the whole thing of it is, is God delayed us, put us there at that time, put me at that time, because I had asked him recently, why am I here? Am I being punished or what? Hmm. And you were, able to, you were able to console that wonderful lady. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wonderful story, Marty. And wow, what a great friend you must have to drive down from North Car North Dakota and uh, spend all that time and, and manage the wheelchair and everything else. So sounds like you yeah. planted some pretty good seeds in your life, my friend. I did. I Thank you. Thank you. I just had to tell somebody. Well, I am so glad that you did, and I'm glad the computer starts to kick us out here in, what, five seconds, I think. So I just am glad that you got it in, and I'm glad that you cared enough to call in and share it with our audience. And I'm especially grateful that you listened to our show, Marty. Hope to talk Thank to you. you again soon. God I, bless I you, sir. I always listen to you, Randy. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. 
Did I have that wrong? I thought it hit at about 57.30. So coming up, eight, nine. No, yep, there it is. Okay. Well, I wasn't trying to rush, Marty. It's just when you get to those hard breaks, there is not a thing you can do about it. And uh, we're in one now. You'll hear the music coming up behind us. But uh, really looking forward to spending just a few minutes with my good friend, film producer, documentarian Joel Gilbert. To get his take on what's happening in 2024 with Michelle Obama, he's convinced, man, that she is on track. And uh, I've got some questions about that. I'll update you on the poll for GOP leadership nationally. Get your thoughts on Colorado. And then we are going to hear, it's only about eight minutes, and it is wonderful, Rush Limbaugh, something he did every single year, telling the true story of Thanksgiving. And we'll uh, warm up for that by hearing the evil one, Joy Reid, on NMSLSD. So, busy second hour ahead. I hope you'll stay right there. I'm Randy Corcoran. You're listening to 710. It's KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.